ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is Back to Hard to Paint with David Grubb. One of the things that I always enjoy um, is the intersection between sports and our regular, everyday, popular culture. There's no separating it, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's just the topics of the day. Athletes are constantly crossing over into other aspects of our lives. And one of the people that I, I love having these conversations with is my man, Hank Brady. Now, we go back. We did stuff on the Hard to Paint radio show, but we go back 20 plus years um, just in life. And this is a dude who has written high school sports. He's covered college sports. He has been a voice in the New Orleans community for a long time, whether as doing play, you know, doing uh, stadium announcing, all kinds of stuff. He's been part of the New Orleans sports community. So I like to welcome him back because this is his first appearance on the podcast. Hey, Brady, brother. Glad to talk to you again. All right. What's up, Dave, man? Number five, our tweets of the week. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Wrong show? Wrong show. Wrong show. Yes. Wrong show? Okay, wrong show. Okay, I was saying about tweets of the week. What's going on, man? Uh, just happy to be with you again. And, you know, just here to bring that intersection with sports and entertainment mix up and, you know, see what we get out of it. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is now, like, what's funny is you would always give me the rundown. And we'd have this thing like, all right, I dig this, 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 and this. And when you get into the show, people forget you. There's only out of a half hour, we get like 22 minutes. And so we'd be trying to squeeze some really great stuff into 22 minutes. And you don't always get it in there. And you don't always get to say the things that you want to say. And that's the great thing about having this podcast format is that we can say whatever the, and I'm going to say it like this, whatever the fuck we want. It's my show. <laughs> we grown folks. I put the E on the uh, podcast so that folks know occasionally we might say some four letter or five letter or however many word, letter words we got to throw out. But the thing is, is that we can have the conversation. We can have the, the dialogue and we can go back and forth and have fun with this in a way that we couldn't do on the radio. So I'm glad to do it this way. Definitely. We could be unfettered and, and, and just say what we mean and mean what we say. And I, you know, I'm ready to jump on. And we used to, and one of the things too is when you're on the radio, sometimes you can't get as culturally specific sometimes because we, we speak it to um, a radio audience at 10 a.m. And so there are things that you can't explain to folks. <laughs> And yeah. time of day. And now we can do that as well. So there's a lot of good stuff this week because this is now the sports is back on the playing fields and on the courts. It seems like things have just gone to another level. There's just more drama and madness around. And so I love it. I know you love it because this is the stuff that, that drives the barbershop conversation. So let's well, let's get into it, man. Man, we were talking about the bubble last time that we, we did talk to each other. We were talking about the bubble. We were talking about the COVID-19, you know, decoder rings that players are receiving for $300. We're talking about the back and forth. Who's going to get in the bubble? Who's going to get out the bubble? I think the first day of the bubble, they had like a, one of these Instagram models came on Twitter talking about, 
somebody already to let me in the bubble. <laughs> so it look, already started off. We it know look, off crazy. We know that that bubble was never gonna be a hardcore thing. And we've already seen cats leave for food. We see cats leave just because, oh, I accidentally walked beyond the barriers of the bubble, which is just, men, people going to be people. And you put people in a box, they're going to try to find a way out the box. Well, I thought that definitely there were going to be people in the bubble who weren't supposed to be in the bubble from time to time. But I didn't think many people would be trying to get out of the bubble as much, especially when you're in Orlando, Florida, which is the the eye of the hurricane, uh, so to speak. Uh, when it comes to COVID-19 right now. So I was really surprised people trying to get out of the bubble, but I was not surprised that uh, Instagram model was able to find her way inside the bubble. I wasn't surprised really at that. But my man Lou Will of the Clippers, he's kind of getting the most heat right now. Uh, And I don't know, there's kind of just two schools of thought on this. First off, let's just say what he did. He left the bubble and reportedly he went to Magic City. And, and for those who don't know, for those who don't know, so we got it again. These are cultural things. All right. Yes, Ala- Birmingham, Alabama is known as the Magic City. This is not Birmingham, Alabama. No, 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 no. This is Atlanta, GA. Yes. And Magic yes. City is one of the most well-known gentlemen's clubs that caters to predominantly black clientele in the country yes no no it, david copperfield like no 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 uh no chris there are Angel, tricks uh, that happen <laughs> yeah there, there are, are tricks, some tricks. <laughs> <laughs> but they are not of the make your uh uh well i, I guess abracadabra you could variety i believe uh, <laughs> they're not of the abracadabra a variety yes things may disappear <laughs> most notably your cash but yeah, it's not that kind of magic show at the Magic City. So Lou Will goes in here. He goes to, to to Magic City. He comes back. I don't think he admitted. Did he admit that he did he went to Magic City when he came? I don't think he admitted. I think he had been no, he got because because your boy his his homeboy took a picture of him in the club and yes. put it on okay. Instagram. <laughs> like what are you yes. doing, fool? My goodness, great. It, it, look, man, 2020 will get you in the end if it don't get you in the beginning. Uh, sometimes we were our own worst enemy. But long story short, he went there to get some food, he says. He didn't go there for the non-abracadabra stuff. He went in there because what many people may not know, Magic City in Atlanta is known for having a very exquisite culinary menu of they things. Cater. They yeah, cater. they cater. They cater parties, everything. I, I believe, uh, wasn't, wasn't there a rapper in Miami? Didn't he have, like, his whole wedding there? And they had, like, a big old yeah. thing? Uh, it, I, what's the rapper's name? Oh, I can't believe his name right now. Bad lining. Right now, he has a bad lining. That's all I can give you right now. <laughs> but needless to say, man. Deteriorating lining. But, yeah, a, a big-time Miami uh, rapper. Yeah, and it is a place that people do go to eat. They go there you eat like it is like like you said like you said it is well known for the soul food and stuff that they served there so after he ate and had his uh his fill of whatever he had his fill of he comes back into the bubble williams told nba security that he went to magic city's gentleman club for a short time thursday now a lot of people kind of got upset 
And one of those people are the great uh, Kendrick Perkins, who finds himself in the uh, firestorm of almost every single subject, political, sports, and otherwise nowadays. I don't know why that is the case, but it is the case in 2020. And Perkins, he put out a tweet saying, it's disturbing when a rookie in Zion Williamson can act more mature than a vet in Lou Williams. And so Lou Williams didn't, didn't really enjoy that. And he came back at Perk saying, 15 years in the business, and the most dirt you have on my name is stopping to get hot wings during a pandemic. Perk, shut up. And I'm, I'm firmly Team Lou Will on team this. Perk. Team Perk or Team – yeah, I was about to ask you, Team Perk or Team Will? I'm firmly Team Lou Will on this, and I'm going to say this because of this. Look, all right. Now, I will tell you this. Lou Will made a mistake, a big mistake. Because you are Lou Williams, you cannot be seen anywhere. It didn't matter if it's Magic City or from McDonald's. You go, you can't be seen places if you if even if you just stop trying to get some non bubble get places. You cannot right. be in non bubble you be, places. If you, if you got permission to leave and you wanted them wings, you got your man's. Like everybody in the NBA, at some level, it don't matter if you're the lowest dude on the bench, you got your man's. You know what I'm saying? That cat that takes care of your stuff for you. Yes, you got your little your, your gophers. I believe that that's one way of uh. Of or as, like I said, as we say it, my man's in them. My man's yeah. go take care. Of hey, look, I'm trying to I'm trying to get all all the bases covered. You know, we have a wide, diverse audience. You know, right. some people know gopher immediately from. You know. So you get your cat to take to take care of those things for you. Stay in the car. You tell your dude. First, you call your order in because you Lou Williams. You're going to be all right. You could call your order in. Your stuff is going to be ready. And then you go and you send a dude in there to get it. You don't go inside. You have no business being seen in public. You know, unless, unless you're looking for magic. And if you're looking for magic, that's where the magic is. And Lou Williams, he didn't want to just get wings, he wanted magic with his wings. He would have rested eyes with his wings. Yeah, he went in there. He got a little mad, got a little abracadabra, got his wings, then he got on up out of there. And the thought process or the thoughtlessness process in his mind of not understanding how this would come back on him, that's the key here. That's the thing that we're, we're trying to figure out and trying to understand. Did he just not give a damn? Or is there another plausible explanation for this? I think it's more so just I don't think he I, I think he gives a damn because he knows what's at stake. You know what I mean? You know that you're playing for a championship and that's not a position that he's been in um, in his career. And he's that's got a chance. You, that's to why do that. get, that's why you get the wings ordered. Like you said, that's why you have buddy. Right. Going in, grab and the think, wings. You don't want any distraction or anything right now. Well, I just think I think dude just had one of the moments where it was just like, I want some <laughs> sense of normalcy. Like, for real, I think, you know, you yeah, get no, locked no, no, up. I'll tell you. And I think he said, I want some normalcy, man. And he's he remember he played for the Hawks. So yep. and and again, NBA players frequent Atlanta. I mean, that's like a lot of players' second home, quite frankly. I mean, a lot of dudes have homes in Atlanta. So going to Atlanta and chilling for a sec, I get it. Cause I, I at that, no matter what, three weeks away from human contact, from other than seeing the dudes that you see every day. I mean, that can drive you a little stir crazy. It was an error in judgment. I don't know about I don't know about human contact. If I'm being familiar, like a female contact. The 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 Lou isn't Lou Williams in a uh, he was in a poly relationship. 
He was in a three-sided relationship, a polyamorous situation. And I don't both think sides were more than everybody was cool in their love for him. And it made him one of the most talked about uh, and uh, I guess silently worshipped at least in the NBA for some time. Yeah, so, so I mean, I think he had, he had he had some physical contact. I'm saying I, I, that's the point. I think I'm, I was. I mean, to you make. don't go if you in the club and you sitting in the booth. You ain't just waiting for the wings. You saw something like you said. You, he ain't just waiting for the wings. But he I understand. You saw some wings. But my thing is, is perk. Why again? Lou Will's a dude who's won multiple six man of the year awards. Ain't nobody ever said a bad word about him in this league. And we've seen other players. Maybe not, you know, not make the same mistake, but we've seen other players miss their quarantine for whatever reason, who stepped out to go pick up something and they did it. So it's just it does what's what's bothering people is the place and not the fact to me. That's the issue for people is oh, we want to talk about the place. The place doesn't matter. Like I said, McDonald's is to me, it'd be the same thing. If you had seen him out at McDonald's after leaving quarantine, somebody would have said something. And we just didn't see pictures of Zion Williamson while he was under quarantine. So, and he was in Spartanburg, South Carolina, most likely, and wasn't nobody gonna bother him. But if you in Atlanta at Magic City hanging out with a rapper, your stuff is gonna get out. And that's the, and, and that's the thing. The thing is, is that you gotta understand yourself, understand this world, understand who you are. I don't care one iota that Lou Will did. Well, I guess I care from the from the perspective of, I don't want a COVID-19 person coming into the bubble, you know, having been around people he doesn't know that had COVID-19. I mean, yeah, that's a little irresponsible, but as far as the moral aspect of it, I'm not really a matter upset about it, but you have to understand how these things break down. You have to understand how your name is going to be used, how your name is going to be put in publications, it's going to be skewed online. And then at the, at the end of this tunnel, at the end of, end of this light, we see a big man named Kendrick Perkins, standing there to judge you and judge and jury. And you don't want that, I guess, right now in 2020. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is a really interesting case to me because uh, obviously I think at times he's become a laughing stock. I said, just yes. go ahead and say it. Uh, we laugh at him. But he's actually been able to carve out this spot where we look at him as a laughing stock on, on some of his performances. But the, whoever it is, he's convinced that he's decent. They're convinced. Because I seen a brother on, he was on a Joy Reid show not too long ago talking about, uh, you know, initiatives for criminal uh, reform. And he didn't sound like he didn't know what he was talking about. I like I, They had a cue card or something written for him, but he was talking about it. So I don't know. I don't know how, how Perk is trying to position himself. You know, uh, I, we can go, we can run the gamut on opinions on, on where we think he is with this. But uh, I don't think he's in a place right now where he can just call anybody out. But at the same at the same token, they're trying to make Perk serious. They're trying to make Perk into a serious, uh, you know, uh, analysis guy. And I don't know how that's going over right now. In terms of this analysis, uh, I wouldn't say that it, he won the debate or anything like that. But Lou Williams, 2020, you got to understand, bro. Somebody go have a camera on you. If you're not willing to deal with the Magic City stuff, don't go to Magic City. But it appears that he may have well been, you know, ready to deal with it come the way he's coming off on Twitter. Yeah, I just my thing with Perk is it's so obvious that he has agendas. The players that he's played with, he boosts. If you're playing against people that he digs, he drops you. You know what I'm saying? So the Clippers are playing are the biggest challenge at this point to 
LeBron and AD, who are big friends of Perk. And Perk is always saying how he was part of the group that steered AD to clutch and all these things. And I think that Perk, that's the biggest thing. And I, to me, when you are an announcer, when you are an analyst, whatever, you cannot let your personal relationships dictate the way you judge people. And so whenever he comes off, it's always LeBron is the best player. The Lakers are the best team. I mean, the, the same Perk today. Now, we got to get into this because Perk today comes out and says LeBron AD is the most devastating duo since Kobe and Shaq. And <laughs> no, no, I refuse to take that as gospel. But I'm saying I'm saying is that they, they've positioned him as the type of person that can say something like that. And now, maybe two or three years ago, where, where it would be just a little flutter in the background, now it's getting a million retweets. Now it's going to be trending every single time. So I, I – like, like, part of me understands, hey, you can't take Perk seriously, but at the same time, someone is taking him seriously. Someone is allowing him to like, have the platform like, though, that he has. It's doesn't weird, it feel but like, it's though, happening. It's doesn't happening. it feel like, though, that LeBron and AD, like the LeBron weight of his relationship with ESPN has really helped Perk? Because Paul Pierce gets none of the benefit of the doubt. That Perk gets, and Paul Pierce is which is somewhat sad. Which is somewhat sad. Paul Pierce is an actual champion. Perk was a dude that was along for the ride. Like, I mean, his career numbers are six and five. Okay, I don't know. I just think I think people expect more out of uh, you know the the best of the game, I guess, or something. Because when we talk about Paul Pierce, man, we're talking about a guy who, from an analysis uh, commentary aspect, is True. I mean, like and, I said, nobody uh, <laughs> say that Paul Pierce, but Paul Pierce gets that heat, and they started marginalizing Paul Pierce and giving him less appearances. Yes. I, I, I hate Yeah, I hate the, but that's going to happen with your bigger name. I mean, he, Paul Pierce is a big name in the game. Uh, Perkins is a uh, a side gesture, or you know, so to speak, of the game. He's never been taken truly seriously all his interactions where they've been on the court you know uh, being this tough guy and timid everything there was nothing behind a lot of that so a lot of people looked at him as a cartoon character to begin with i don't think a lot of people looked at uh pierce as a cartoon character they looked at him no. okay here's a as a superstar player he's going to come out and, and to say some of the inane things that he's said over the years i feel bad that he has now become a caricature of himself and People now, if you look on Twitter and you look on social media, when they talk about Paul Pierce, the 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 majority of the comments are on some of the ask nine, you know, analysis he makes. He's kind of replaced his greatness with being, you know, like he's a Joe Buck figure now. Yeah. And but I still I just don't understand this affection for Burke. I don't get it because he's not particularly um well-versed on the subtleties of the game. He doesn't break them down for you. Like, a, you know, and his most of his stuff is just opinion with nothing to back it up. I mean, and he is, I guess, uh, in the situation where we live in, this is the hot take culture, and they love Perk because he gives hot takes. But it's yep. like a value? Like, what is he adding of value to the NBA conversation? Like I said, they got some cue cards for him. They're sending him on different sites. LeBron sent him to Joy Reid. He's on MSNBC talking criminal reform like he was a he he was a lawyer. So he looks like Rick they're Rose. <laughs> Yeah, he does a little bit. They're doing something with him. But let's just for for all our sakes hope that Lou Will came from Magic City, 
didn't get any type of amoeba, you know, any type of protozoan or anything on his body that he brought back to the bubble, and he's good for the bubble, and we're ready to restart the bubble, and Perkins can give his inane comments on the teams in the bubble coming up this Thursday. And the Pelicans benefit because Lou Will will be out for game two, which is the Pelicans and the Clippers. So Pelicans benefit. There you go. So Lou Will goes to Magic City, everybody wins. And we give up to Kendrick Perkins for that. Okay, so Woj comes back to ESPN. He comes back with a couple of big bombs with the announcement that Donatus Sabonis is out with Planner for Shitus. And then the Knicks are apparently hiring Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau, man. You're a Knicks fan. I, I got to ask you. Uh, big time Knicks fan. <laughs> yay or nay on this? Because I, I was an immediately a nay. I screamed, man. I was like... <laughs> I said, no, no. It was it was like one of the ones where it's just, you just, no, no. The Knicks just continue to just make mistakes. You don't It's like watching Tom- a rare flower just age, like, so far in front of you. You're just watching it age and the petals fall off right as you get it. It's like. You don't give Tom Thibodeau a young team. That is not, he's just going to run them into the ground. And the Knicks ain't got enough good players to run into the ground in the first place. So he's going to run garbage players into the ground. And they're all the young guys that they got are not going to be worth anything because they're going to age 12 years and three. He killed the careers of Luau Dang and Joachim Noah. Oh, my God. He, those guys are still tired. Both of them. And they are young. They are four years younger than LeBron. And those dudes are done. I hope Basically. that the, the kid the kid from New Orleans or the kid who went to Shell Med, Mitchell Robinson, I, I'm hoping that he is still able to maintain. He's one of the few bright spots on that Nick team. He's a player that I know a lot of teams in this league covet. So I, I'm looking forward to his development. He's improved in his first two years in the league. Uh, and like I said, a lot of people remember him locally. Played at Shell Met, gave Shell Met the, the best year they've had in, in, I don't know, 20, 30 years of basketball when he played. Seven-foot-tall guy can hit a deep shot every now and then, but he's mostly that banger guy, that inside outside, that inside guy that, you know, uh, gets the alley-oops, you know, great energy, defensive rim protection. I hope, yeah, shot block, I hope that Tim, Tom Thibodeau, I think, I, I actually think maybe he'll go with Tom Thibodeau with the type of energy and the type of relentlessness he plays with, but that's the one player who I hope, you know, is able to, you know, negotiate this right here with Tom Thibodeau. Protect your knees, baby. Protect your knees if you play with Tom <laughs> Joe Kim you know, Noah, man. Man, Joe Kim Noah was so good for a few years, and then he's just like, man, he needed like a walker out there. Hey, think, about, think about it. By the time Luol Dan got to the Lakers, he was 28. Oh, he was done. Luol Dan was done at like 26. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's like you destroyed people's – and Derrick Rose, man. Derrick, I, look, I understand Derrick Rose super explosive and things happen. But Thibodeau kept putting him back on the floor before he was healed. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, he could have had a bike stand for a leg, and, Tim, and Thibodeau would have put him out there. So It was still going to grind him for 36 minutes, and it's like, you can't be doing this every night running your starters 38, 42. Look, we, we used to get mad about this with the Pelicans with Gentry, just relying on the first six or seven guys on his bench because he just wouldn't go deep into the bench now. Thankfully, that's no longer a problem for us. We can go deep into the bench, which is is awesome for the first time ever, fans being able to see that. But we got frustrated, and it wasn't a situation like this. So I can only imagine how it is now. Bruh, we were talking about 
the breasts and the thighs and things. You can't uh, kind of ignore that when it comes down to some of the other stuff going on. Drea, Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion getting into yes. it. Yes, 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 yes. What I really wanted to talk about, the whole reason for all of this. No. <laughs> Meg Thee Stallion, if you know last week, she got shot. Two shots. She got shot in both feet in the car with Tory Lanez and another companion of hers. Uh, they left a, uh, a Jenner uh, pool party, Kylie Jenner pool party. She got shot. Uh, and you know what happens when anything happens to a celebrity? They go ham online. So you had all the memes of, uh, of, of, of Meg getting shot. One of the most popular ones is I think was probably one that probably came to all of our minds of a certain age was Harlem Knight. Yes. Uh, Della Reese getting that pinky toe shot off by uh, Eddie Murphy in that, in that iconic scene. That's one of the things that went on in our, in our minds. We saw, you saw a lot of, uh, there was someone put a meme online. They, they took Eddie Murphy's face out and put Tory Lane's head on there and reenacted the entire scene. So I get it for Meg to have seen some stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of, it, it has to feel not great. But apparently she got shot in both feet. And then you had Dre, another VH1 uh, uh, vixen, so to speak, she came on, she went on a podcast and she said, basically, I want someone to be in love with me that much that they would shoot me in the foot. Almost saying it was like a a, a Bobby and Whitney type of situation. Uh, let me give you an update on Drea. Uh, she's been dropped from Savage and Fenty, uh, <laughs> Rihanna's uh, lingerie because of this. So she, it was very, very costly. Those uh, offhand comments said for joking. And also Meg Thee Stallion went off on her online, but According to today, Meg Thee Stallion came out a couple hours ago. She came out with her little videos saying that she's okay, but she didn't like all the stuff that went online, all the memes. She said, I guess I can go ahead and, uh, and use the exorcism now. She said, fuck the fake friends and the fake people in the industry who are all making fun of her. And she said she was going through a lot and she was really emotional about the situation. So she's getting a lot of outpouring right now of support. And she's also getting a little bit of blowback as well from people saying you rhyme about this stuff. Isn't this the savage life? And I don't know. That's kind of silly, you know, but it is what it is. If, if, if in, two, in 2020, where we're putting everything out there for people to consume, everything out there for people to look at, seeing into our lives, seeing what we're doing. Like right before the incident happened, she put on Instagram her and Tory Lane and Kylie Jenner in a pool hanging together prior to the, to the incident taking place. And some have rumored the incident took place because Tory Lane was, I guess, given the, the eye, given the abracadabra, magic city eye to, to, to Kylie Jenner and, and Meg not liking that. That's one of the speculations that we, that we saw on that situation. So, so obviously people, people are rooting for people, man, but it, it brings up another thing on Twitter where it's like, if you rap about living a certain life and that certain life comes into contact with you, people are going to, talk about that and that's the blowback she's had on the other side of things but another crazy week on twitter your thoughts on meg the stallion situation look man pool parties guns and um hip-hop when you put them things in a blender <laughs> you got an album you got a rap album there was a saying that we grew up with and i don't know if folks still say it but it was called don't bring sand to the beach you know you don't bring yeah, sand I to heard the of beach. It. So if you Tory Lanez and you go into a pool party where you know there's going to be lots of scantily clad people, if you bring your woman, 
you best only look at your woman. This is we we understand this how life goes down. If you bring your woman, you better only look at your woman. And if you get caught giving some side eye, you better just apologize and move on. Because when you get to these things and people start getting jealousies and like alcohol involved and firearms, that usually don't end well. But well, the, yeah, thing, you the thing with Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez is what? I mean, and I didn't really even know this until I started following. So Tory Lanez is like, what, 5'3"? Literally five. Just I mean, he's like. Oh, what is she? Slender. She got to be like five three two. She is she five three as well? I, well, I, look, and I'm just gonna say you could probably there's probably four Tory Lanes to one Meg the Stallion from the pictures I see, and so I don't see how it's possible for him if he fought her. I don't see what went. I don't look. Meg is not talking. She has not purposely stated what has happened. She has not right. said publicly 100% what has happened. She did say on her video today that she's not protecting anyone. And she did call out her fake friends. Reportedly, there were friends of hers or friends of the situation reporting to other outlets that maybe Tory Lanez was getting a beat down and grabbing the gun and shooting people in the foot was his only recourse. And I say that to say that the guy 5'3", he yeah. is like a runt. And I'm and I and I am not taking his side on anything uh, in terms of that. But but if he, I mean, you don't shoot people just 100% bottom bottom line. But if you, but I'm I'm imagining a scenario in my head where two buxom females in this car are beating his ass, and he has to grab something to you know prevent himself from, I guess, in his mind, dying at the time. So until more comes out, we won't know the true, true, true story. But the fact that he isn't under arrest and Meg isn't really saying anything. That kind of puts it in a little, you know, enigmatic type of situation where we don't really know what's going on. But Meg says that she wasn't fighting anybody and she got shot in both feet and she's mad at Twitter for making jokes of her. So, yeah, you talk about living that life. Doja Cat. She's been living a lot of lives lately and now her life has come to a... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, man, you can't make some of this stuff up, right? No, that's oh, why life man. is so crazy. This is, is this is the first time Doja Cat has openly talked about the coronavirus pandemic. She laughed off the virus last March during an Instagram live stream. She dismissed the threat of the virus as a flu, said she wasn't scared of it. She said, uh, quote, bitch, I'm not scared of the coronavirus or this motherfucking beer version of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you gotta you gotta excuse me i'm having fun here cursing yeah. all right i'm gonna get corona and i'm gonna get a corona because i don't give a fuck about corona bitch it's a flu i'm not scared now that's that's what she said she says you all are keywords period i'm gonna stop there at the exorcist right. so very <laughs> very she basically she said put some tussin on it and you be yeah. cool she said, put some tussing on it, and guess what happened to her? She got that 19. She had, she had that Rona. She, she had got that, Rona, that 19. And when she had that Rona, she didn't like having that Rona. And yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a crazy year for Doja Cat. The one thing that I think one person might say, given her controversy, for people who don't know, she was in racial uh, chat rooms, you know, underground chat rooms, chat rooms you can only find on dark web and stuff like that, talking to white nationalists. You know, there were a couple of black members in the uh, forum in which he was discussing uh, some things, and they were apparently, uh, you make decisions for yourself if you watch it, but apparently they're making fun of some of the black users that are online, and she's going along with it. So 
it was a big, big controversy for her. But right as that was happening, the coronavirus kind of just took off into a whole nother, you know, nether sphere. And it kind of just left her story on the on the ground floor. And now it's kind of coming back that she has gotten the coronavirus. So it's just funny to me, a lot of people who and, and again, when we were talking about this thing, we were making fun probably in February, early March. But once once Rudy Gobert got it, once the NBA said we shutting down shop for it knowing that like 70% of the people that play in that league are black. I thought process was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's affected black folks. <laughs> we, need to go ahead and, uh, we need to go ahead and uh, reassess it. Uh, you know, so for people past that point, they're still thinking it's a joke, thinking of a hoax, thinking it's this, thinking it's that. It was just, uh, it's just really weird. Uh, Doja Cat says she stayed at home. She got the COVID. She says she doesn't know how she got it. She says the only way she could have got it is from ordering Postmates. And that's something I kind of fear too, because I do order food online, but I whip out the Lysol, bro. Soon as the bag come, the bag is inundated with uh, nothing but 99.99%. Yeah, that's why they tell you, you take everything out of the bag, you take it out of the containers, you put it on your plate, you wash, you throw the containers away immediately, you wash your hands again, and all of a sudden you got to take care of yourself because you don't know if people are all taking the precautions they're supposed to. That's so that's what I'm on, saying. On her. That's on her because she don't want to be... She don't want to read and pay attention to what's going on. You thought it was a game, and now you're going to blame it on Postmates. No, it's on you because you didn't take the precautions. And it just uh, it just adds to her tally from this year. This and has honestly, not been her year. It has not been her year, but if it wasn't for the coronavirus, she probably would have been super canceled by now. I think the coronavirus kind of actually, in a weird way, saved her career in a weird way because she, was getting, she was getting slaughtered. And then all these corona cases and, and, and the government response and Trump drinking bleach and all that stuff, that overtook everything that had to do with her. So one, one, she's kind of been out of the spotlight for a while until admitting this. But uh, Doja Cat, another person that, uh, that, that right now is she, she's paying a price for the things that she's done. So, so we're going to close with two other music things. First, Versus continues on. And I've loved Versus. And we got a great one in Snoop and DMX last week. That yeah, one is going to yeah. go down as one of, like, I saw people talking about DMX was not that great as a as an artist. And people forget the MoFo put out three number one albums in a year and a half. Like, DMX, before he had problems, was the dude in hip-hop. Like, he was going to take the mantle. And people don't understand how big he was. But against Snoop, who's got now, well, we go back with Snoop to what, 1991 with Deep Cover? Yeah, with a 187. So that's back in 91, 92 when we first heard from Snoop. Yep. And that's he still got hits. It's just too many hits. Snoop just got too many hits. Well, that, that's the thing I had. I'm going to kind of go a little bit against the grain on you right here in the paint. Uh, I didn't think it was a good matchup. And I know I'm one of the rare people to say that. I was saying it online. I don't think they're contemporaries. I don't. I think that Snoop was, was dominating rap for a full half decade before three, four, five, four, three, two, one came out by LL Cool J, which put DMX on the map, put Cannabis on the map at the time. Who Cannabis, he dropped off the map if anyone knows about that. He called me later. But uh, I, I just look at them. They're, they're two completely other than the fact that they both personified the likeness of uh of uh of, of, of pit bulls and, and rottweilers 
Doberman Pinchers, other than than the, the the persona, I don't really see the the uh the you know the the comparison between the two. Me, I thought Snoop was gonna kill it, and I and, and I honestly I thought there was no way Snoop was gonna lose this unless he was just so high that he was just playing his No Limit stuff. No, he could But he did. <laughs> hey, he got some dope tracks on No Limit, though. There are a couple, like, Snoop got about five dope tracks that he did. He has a couple, but I'm just saying, I just that's the only way I thought he would lose. I thought that right. even if they, if they, if it was a similar status, well, he, he would win. And DMX was off the scene for, for such a long time, man. Snoop has hits in, in, in every decade in which he's been in, in this thing. So I didn't really think it was a fair matchup between the two. This is the thing that I thought was going to be the part that made it interesting was that it's a it's a very good um, kind of contra not contradiction, but um, opposite styles. So you got Snoop with the laid back Cali flow yeah, laid back and you got X with yeah. that hard New York, uh, you know, that part. And then I think, too, where Snoop. Is is the the king of in a lot of ways of that of that flow of just trying to get you in the mood to chill. X has some things that, while not probably suited for verses, are so emotional, and I think that's where X resonated with a lot of people because he would get so dark in his own, you know, telling of his own story that I thought that that difference between the two of them, because really there is no other Snoop. The only person like Snoop, if you're going to talk about longevity, would kind of be LL. If you're going to talk about the number of years of just putting out singles, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. always being relevant for that kind of period of time. Because I even wouldn't compare Snoop and Jay because they're still so very, like. What, but what did, well, if you, if you, if, if, Bypassing Firefest guru Ja Rule, ja wouldn't DMX more fit with Fifty Cent? Aren't they more contemporaries for to battle? At? I would, I would have looked. But at see, those X two came. I think X hit right when at the last time New York was really blowing up. Because remember, X was hitting at the same time, like you said. Um, you know, with the locks, big. Fit Fifty you know, was underground. People don't understand. 50 yeah, fifty was, was still underground, man. And then, but you you talking about so when Rough Riders drops, so with Eve and all those things, and Rough Riders blows up. I mean, actually, you know what have been interesting? Juvie and X. Wow, that would have been that that that's really crossing uh crossing music. But yeah, it is interesting because they did dominate right at that one that little period in the early two thousands. Uh, Juvenile was on fire in those early. That's what I'm saying. I, right, I, like, I, right I, this day, I, I can't believe that. And he did a he did an interview with Bomani Jones not too long ago. He he discussed everything, where Bomani and I'm, I agree with him. He was like, man, how in the world did you not become a absolute global icon off of that off of the juve off of uh, the 400 degree soundtrack? And he was more or less like, hey, the the, the studio was telling me. Uh, go ahead, do this. Drop this song. Drop that song. Drop this. He was like, man, why do you get more singles out of that? Why do you have more like more rotation out of that? And I actually agree with him on that, man. Juvenile, that that four hundred degrees. Just I really still to this day don't think he get the respect it deserves. Well, I think Juvie goes down as probably one of the most underrated um, rap gods, like of a region. You know setup what I'm saying? Man. Like he when, was a setup. He was a setup man. When you talk about Memphis and his eight ball and MJG. And when you talk about Houston, it's the Ghetto Boys, and you know, and um, the you know that kind of sound. Scarface, Scarface starts. Yeah, I, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's you associate when they broke off, when yeah. things jumped yeah. off. 
those are the people you start talking about for those cities. But for New Orleans, now people just say Wayne. And it wasn't no, Wayne. It was not, Juvie. No. It's mean, Juvie. Ten, Juvie made it. X, yeah, if you're Gen X and uh, yeah, you're uh, maybe a late millennial. Yeah, Wayne. But yeah, of course, you know, it's Juvie. And to another generation, it's, uh, it's oh my God, I'm about to embarrass myself. Why can't I think of this uh, right now? Uh, Pimp Daddy. I mean, but I'm sorry as far as it jumping <laughs> off. Because Pimp Daddy never made it out past Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talk about them dudes, and, you know, the Trigger Man and all that stuff. That stuff didn't. Yeah, Partners of Crime, all of the. Juvie was the Man, first you, one to put UNLV, New Orleans UNLV down. Made it, UNLV made it some places in the South, in, 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 in the belt. But UNLV, UNLV, but nobody, UNLV was in the belt. Nobody made the the official the unofficial national anthem that is back that ass up. That no, is no, the no, unofficial no, no, American no, 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 no. anthem. Yeah. It, you ask more people if you wanted people to stand for the national anthem, you play that you play that violin riff at the beginning. I have a song in my head right now. Is this PNC the one that goes scream? I'm a champion. I'm dumping on them. I'm acting up. And I'm knocking on them. You get low down dirty with 33. Is that, is that, that, I don't know why that's in my brain right now. I love that song. And, and people have, you know, outside you know of New Orleans have no idea what we're talking about no right now. It's, it's, it goes like this. Just, I'll just point, just, just play this near Siri. Scram, I'm a champion. I'm dumping on them. I'm acting a mother effing monkey on them. Or dunky on them. I'm getting low down in 30, dirty with I think 30, that was, 30. I think that is. PNC. I think yeah, I think that is PNC. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. Man, they, they had some great kill your hooks, like murder you in broad daylight hooks. I'm telling you. Uh, B, BG had some of the best hooks. Do you remember, uh, what was the one that, uh, wheelchairs? Yes. Dude. Okay, check Dudes this out. So, wheelchairs, half dead as it is. That's the hook. Dude. So check this out. So I'm in the Pelicans locker room a couple years ago, all right? So... Boogie Cousins is talking. It's some people. It's him, Will Guillory, a couple of people. We talking hip hop. They be talking about producers, and he's talking about this dude out of Mobile who's super dope and everything. And then talking about his favorite producers. And I said, I don't. I said Manny Fresh got to be in the top five producer of all time. I said just has to be of yeah. for hip hop. You because I said Manny Fresh created a sound that got copied by the entire world. He did that bounce. Is as as undeniable a sound when you hear it. Nothing else sounds like it, and it it he built an an entire record company was built on his back. Like it, it, the minute he left Cash Money, everything changed. But he built an entire empire on his beats and his back. And he did it with what would amounted to the size of a of a toy store Casio keyboard. Yep. And that was the amazing thing that he was able to use that device and from that and a drum machine device, and make it. And he, yeah, they they created in fact because uh, if, if people were watching the Wu Tang uh, story that aired on Hulu over the uh, over the fall, the big one of the big story points was about uh, RZA trying to get this huge drum machine, this expensive drum machine, out of the store. And I and I looked at that thing and I was like, wow. That thing is big, and, and it did everything he needed to do, able to loop the songs and whatnot. But man, it was nothing compared to that little bitty Casio keyboard type of little thing that that I know that man. He first like he could have actually wore it around his neck, like he could have yeah, put your it on cell his phone right now. Wore it around man. his neck. You can make higher quality beats just by the sound on your cell phone right now than the equipment that he was working with. 
it's and crazy. Then the, and, and to come up with so many different variables, every of all the artists had so many different. Even if you weren't a fan of that sound, you had to respect what he's able to get out of it, what he's able to create, what he's able to market nationally uh, from that style. So I, I definitely much respect for man. Yeah, you 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 can't you can't you cannot tell the story of hip hop in America and not include Manny Fresh. You cannot. You you just can't. And anybody no, who says like no. Nah. Just like you said that you can't you can't tell it without Master P. You can't no. tell it without Master P. If there's you no sure Master can. P, there's no outcast. There's no outcast if there's no Master P. So if there's no Master P, there's there's a lot of of business people who never figure stuff out. Ever. Because Master P put down a, a different he took what started with Hammer, because Hammer was the was I remember Hammer was, was like he sold all his tapes. That's how he got it. Master P took that little bit of money, opened up a record store, get his people in, find your producers, got beats by the pound, and then you just churn out records. People just, people have no idea. If you don't know, go back and look at the 90s and see how many it's records No Limit was bro. putting no out one will ever, per year. Ever, 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 ever do the stuff that they were doing. Now, I'm going to tell you, about 40 to 50% of those albums were sewage. Hot garbage. I'm going to go on the yes. record. I'm gonna go on the record and say that right now. I had a friend. In a lot of people got deals that they were good. Where he every single Friday they came out, he had every single no limit record. Every week he had like this whole portfolio with each and every one of them. It was like a a, a shrine. Uh, so I remember that man. I, I die laughing when I think about him. Adam Mad Dog, you saw him Mad Dog, but uh, yeah, that's what it was around the time. And 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 masterpiece setting that up, creating. You know that 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 prototype that, that for for others to follow. That's huge in southern hip hop. There is southern hip hop does not get to where it is right now without. Now I have some concerns about where it is now with everybody mumble rapping and auto tune rapping. That's another discussion. That's another show. But yes. for what Master P did in terms of that chronological, uh, you know, uh, the way hip hop uh, broke down, man, it was super important. And he saves and, and quite literally he saved Soup Dog's career. He saved Soup's so, career. So do you, who do you think won? So 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 who do you who do you think won the DMX versus Snoop? It wasn't like you said. It wasn't gonna be a fight. Snoop just got too many songs. It's a wave. Yeah. Like Snoop is a tidal wave. It's, it's, it's a tidal it's, wave. But if you if you would give it to me, like that's the problem with the versus thing. It says numbers are gonna kill you. And these are that that's the, if you got. It's like the, when they did the Teddy Riley and Babyface thing. Okay. Yeah. Teddy Riley got more jams. Teddy Riley got more songs that you go. If you was having a party, you go invite Teddy. Riley. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, but Babyface got more hits. Yeah, uh, Babyface is like a like a yeah. Babyface is another level. So bro. it's not it's not <laughs> you know. So numbers to numbers, I would put the best of Teddy Riley up against anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the same with X, I would put the best of X up against anybody. But the deeper you go, it's just not his discography is just not. Deep I just, enough. And I agree with you. And I, and I just I think those first few years when he came on the scene is his most productive, most iconic. And then he kind of shifted into doing television and movies and stuff like and that. So he wasn't really focusing. And crack. And, 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 yeah, let's not forget. And crack. Yeah. And a lot and of crack. alcohol and crack. <laughs> <laughs> but I love X. He, he, he did a little. I crack. love Earl Simmons, or I, I love he, Earl. DMX, he, man, bro, he was he was on the verses. Jen, he was looking like a a dad that was like too cool for school, like one of those high school, you know, 
uh, yeah, his son is like all district linebacker or something like that. And he's in the stands. And that's my boy. That, that's 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 the kind of uh, he personified for me. And he was on. What's it. funny too? What's funny too is X got a little X got that little gut now. And we used to seeing dude with the you know shirts off, chain yeah. around his neck, like literal chain, and, and all that. And now Earl got that little gut, and it's just it's a, it's so it's just. It's funny to watch rappers get old because it's a different thing. Like watching, watching Look, a musician, not, not only a that singer. It's different. It's the first time we've experienced this. That that's just the crazy thing. It's like video games. It's like it's like when we had video games when you're ten years old. Somebody said, "Oh, you're not gonna be playing video games when you're 20. When you're, this is the first go round for this. Like we just kind of like put it on other things. This is, this is just how we react. Uh, but we need this. Hip hop yeah. needs this because I think that exactly what you're saying is that. Hip hop has never gotten the the historical treatment that other forms of music get. You know what I'm saying? Like people will not yeah. you you get you people will talk about old school rock and roll forever. They'll bring up Elvis Presley, they'll bring up Chuck Berry, and they should. But we don't, don't do that with hip hop. That's what we I'm don't, saying. It's, we don't yeah. have that. I mean, Run DMC is really our Elvis. They're the ones who first broke through and made hip hop for the masses as far as people knew it. And then you would, or, or your Elvis might be actually be the Beastie Boys if you're talking about it. And you make Run DMC and Grandmaster Flash and them, that's your little Richards and Chuck Berries and stuff. And your Beastie Boys become your first Elvis, I guess. But hip hop doesn't get that respect. I'm going to contradict you here by saying uh, Cool Keith is Black Elvis. Cool Keith is an incredible dude. Cool Keith is he's the black he's the black Elvis and he has an album called Black Elvis as yeah oh man nobody knows about Cool Keith bro trust me let's 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 even move first off. dude like, to record let's, an album let's, let's after not even, get it out of a facility Cool let's Keith let's not even show all our cards by talking about Cool Keith I don't think people are ready all right so we got to wrap on the dude the 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 presidential candidate the and and quite frankly there is a part of me because. Kanye is bipolar and I am bipolar and I am watching this from a distance and it is sad for me in a lot of ways. Um, but it's also just amazing theater. Yeah. It, it, the theater is something that I think the likes that we have not seen in quite some time. He was in Wyoming where he lives now and doing his presidential presser. Uh, I'm putting all these in quotes. Just imagine as you're listening to this, everything I'm saying is in quotes. I won't say in quotes anymore, but this was his presidential presser. And uh, amongst the things he was saying at the press, he broke down in tears, you know, talking about he almost killed his daughter because he wanted to abort his firstborn daughter, uh, North. And he was in tears, you know, talking about how he wanted to do this, but he shouldn't have thought this way. And it just kind of looked like a manic out there, you know, a security, uh, a bulletproof vest on. Uh, he was challenging certain people in the crowd that it didn't it didn't appear correct. Then. The craziness is what followed after he did the uh, the presidential presser was the tweet storm in which he accused everyone, Chris Jenner, and, and 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 he said Kim they were trying to get him committed, and he said that he wanted to divorce Kim after she met with uh, Meek Mill in a criminal justice reform meeting uh, <laughs> in the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, Kim and Meek have denied this thing. They were actually, there was a third person in the room. They were actually working on criminal uh, reform. But the stuff that's been going on with Kanye now, it's, I mean, it, at some point, some professional has to get involved here. And you seeing it on this level, it's just, it's, it's sad at this point. It's beyond, you know, clowning him on Twitter, which we still do, and which I still laugh at every time I see one on my timeline, if it's funny enough. But it, it, it's something now where we got to, if you care enough, 
examine what the hell is really going on with this man. And if we don't, we got to find a way to get him off the platform because what's happening right now, it, 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 he's hurting himself. He's hurting his family. I don't know if he's hurting his pockets, but what I'm seeing with my eyes, what I'm visually witnessing on a day-to-day basis is a man cracking and turning to nothingness. Should I care? Yeah. Yeah, I think we do because it's it's a symbol of how we treat mental illness in this country. Uh-huh. And look, we, we got to what's funny is when the Yeezy album came out, we were on the verge, like as a country, of declaring Kanye one of the musical geniuses of our time. And since then, it's just been like this thing just going downhill for him. And I remember when he did that album and he was like, um, I have bipolar, I hate it, or I love and I love it. And it was like, you know, that first album he did out in, in Wyoming and threw it together. And from then, when he started talking about bipolar as his superpower and how he didn't need medication, and when you you start doing stuff like that, I've been in that place where you're so confident in yourself and you think the messages that are coming are just for you and that the world is is not understanding you because you see all the things all the things that are going on and nobody else is seeing your vision. Man, I've been in that yeah, place. Add, add, add him, well, I'm a Gemini. I can't say I've been bipolar, but I do have a case of the uh, being accused of, uh, of having two personalities. And most Geminis do, I think. And Kanye is also a Gemini on top of that with a bipolar disorder. So, I mean, that is something tough to have to deal with for anyone. But at this point, the way he's done this so publicly, you have to ask yourself, with with you know with respect to everything that you're saying how can anything be done if all the enablers are on the payroll all the yeah, enablers there's there's no one that can sit him aside and talk to him and tell him this that or the other you can't you got to be dave Chappelle and catch the first thing smoking to wyoming to check on him because you can't even be in his immediate circle and do this no because chance so the, the rapper enabled it chance the rapper acted like it was oh all God. good yeah, yeah. and uh, we thought we thought better of chance than that and I, I was, the, I mean, even Dave Chappelle, I appreciate him going out there. I mean, as a friend, but you didn't get the dude out of there. And that's the thing. I don't it's think like, anyone can get him out of there right now. You got to get that man some help. And I've been on that side again, too. And if your wife can't get to you, if your kids are not enough of a reason for you to go get yourself square, man, it's hard to come back from that place. And I don't know if he can get out until somebody, because re- I don't think he ever dealt with the death of his mother. I don't think he's ever dealt with these issues that are bothering him now. And, I, and, and when you're off your meds, look, this could end really bad for Kanye because we saw how it got for Britney Spears. Remember, like, let me, she's she's diagnosed bipolar and we saw a bad yep. guy that she had to be put in conservatorship and have her father Saved as her guardian. Her head off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah it, it, it's a real thing. It's a real, And I've learned in the last few years to take this far more seriously than I did, like in my 20s, when I didn't really understand some of this stuff. But it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's real. This mental illness is real. It's Ill, real with people. But again, I don't know how you chip away at no. or, you know, try to put him in a direction that isn't as all-consuming presidential, you know, press meetings. It's, how, how do you... Uh, I would tell uh, you... Dave, Dave, how can you, even, how can you even sit here and talk to this man on some, hey, let's get you the help you need versus him having a presidential presser to be president of the United States? Like, what are the terms of engagement here, Dave? Honestly, honestly, I I would say he needs somebody who speaks that language to talk to him. And there aren't a whole bunch of people who do. 
Unless you have it, there are times that that's the only way you can get through to somebody. Now, what he needs and, is he he needs he needs to have uh a, he needs to have a dream, and in that dream he needs to have Harriet Tubman chasing him. And Harriet Tubman needs to come whoop his ass. <laughs> and if he has a fever dream, and maybe maybe when maybe Harriet Tubman uh you know fires one round, he'll wake up and say, oh I get it now. I guarantee you this, though. I guarantee you this. And I don't know it for sure, but I, I would guarantee you that Kanye sleeps less than four hours a night. And when you're bipolar and you don't sleep, it makes everything even worse. Everything and worse. I, well, I think the one thing he did do, he, he did apologize to Kim. and We I always do that. Went ahead. Yeah, he went ahead. He asked for her forgiveness after uh, incredibly embarrassing her. And, and he his called, children. He, he, he called his mom. He, he, he called Kim's mom's boyfriend called him Kanye. That was the biggest thing that came out of one of his tweets from last weekend. He called him Kanye. You and Kanye, K of the C-A-L-M-E-A. So he, he had the jokes, despite the fact he was going at people, he still had the jokes. So somewhere in there, there's some levity in there with him, but uh, we got we to gotta help him out or ignore him, one or the other. Like, it's sad that I think publicly we have to ignore him because he feeds off the attention and that's part of it. And then, but privately, I just hope that that dude gets himself together because he was, he, he was at his peak. And, and this is the burden sometimes of, of being told you are a genius is that you start to buy that shit. Oh, Lord. And, and I think that's, it, it only fuels in, again, when you are narcissistic and bipolar makes you very narcissistic yep. at times. Only you matter. Um, and I've done that to my family and I've hurt them in that way to watch it in this manner and think about it he's never going to be able to undo what he said to his, about his daughter she yep. is going to know forever See that and i i don't know I how mean, you can undo that hurt i definitely got some narcissistic tendencies in the past i think uh, i think some people in past relationships with me would say the same but i think there's a difference between narcissism and malignant narcissism and i think that he is at a stage where his narcissism is so malignant, and then in addition to it being malignant, much like uh, some other orange person I will not name, they have the money, they have the status, they have the means to put a team of people, enablers around them that will never allow them to see what's really going on. So you don't just have to deal with the actual disease, you have to chip away at that foundation of things surrounding him, even just to get to him, just to get at him. and. Yep. Right now, what he's doing in terms of the politics, is it worth, you know, our collective, you know, interest versus what his craziness may do in terms of a political campaign? Yeah, it's it's he's not even viable. And that's the thing. And it's like, but you can't tell somebody who's irrational these things. It's it's he he really believes he can fix this. I guarantee you. And it's the same way, like you said, with the other orange dude is like, when you say stuff like I'm the only one who can fix things, or I'm the only one who sees it. No, dude, no, there's no person who's been that wise. There's no person who's been that insightful. The wise man knows what he doesn't know. And right now Kanye thinks he knows everything. And I, I feel bad, but like you said, it's, but there's a lot of people in the room. There's a lot of people in the room with him. Unfortunately, they're all named Kanye. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the sad thing because like I I I thought dude was gonna change the musical world and he has in a lot of ways, but man, ever since ever since that stuff went down with, oof, gosh, man, we talking about it's, it's Amber been like, Rose? Are you about to say Amber Rose? 
Probably. I mean, since when, <laughs> when, well, since I his mean, mom died, definitely since his mom died. Yes. I mean, even before that, he showed some with the Taylor Swift stuff, grab, grabbing the awards, you know, uh, out outbursts. You know, I, he already showed a, a ground map of, of of his tendencies, but but yeah, it looked like since the death of his mom is really going to another level. And when you and do I that just, thing, me, yeah, I, I I don't have time for it. it, it no. Stuff is just too important right now, man. Right. To, and I, and it, it's more celebrity stuff. It's more stuff to unfortunately have fun with because we have fun with everything. Everything is a is, is stuff to to throw out there on Twitter. Anything that happens on Twitter, people are gonna take uh, you know some umbrance with it. But at the same time. Get some help, yay! I hope you get some help, but at the same time, I can't. I can't be devoting myself to to hoping that you're getting help. I got to move on sometimes. Yeah, it's not our job to do that, but yeah, I hope he. I hope he rebounds from this because again, so creative, man, just incredibly talented, bro. We gotta end this one, but we're gonna do this again because this this was way better than the radio. Ah, uh, yeah, you get in depth on on uh, on a subject, and uh, shout out to Sierra and Russell Wilson who. Just had another kid, and they named him Win. They named the kid Win. They winning. So, that's winning. They winning. If you're gonna have a kid named Future, you might as well name another one Win. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> whatever. Like Win. Like W H E N. And and Russell done won. <laughs> he done won. He done beat like everything that you done said that we used to say about Russ because we used to say Russ was corny that he was whack. Russ done stepped up in every way possible. He's the second, maybe the second best quarterback in the NFL at this point. And then yeah, do I'm gonna go with number one. I, I, I'm, a, I'm still go Mahomes number one, but Mahomes Russ, played like crap into the fourth quarter. Uh, but don't don't put anything else on his team. I think he's awesome. But it's still you know <laughs> but what, he hey, did, but, that's, but he did not play well in the Super Bowl no, into the no, fourth quarter. No, he didn't. Yeah, you're right. But I'm just saying, like you right there, you got Sierra, you got kids, and you made Future's own kid like you better. If you if you've been following social media, I think Future got a lot, a lot on his plate where he can uh, <laughs> he can turn attention from one kid. Yeah, he got some other things to deal with, bro. But this was awesome. Tell folks again how they can follow you, and we're gonna get you like just like with Trevor. And I talked with Trevor earlier, and we're gonna get you up on the site. We're gonna have you. We're keeping you in the family. You know this. And folks got to oh, pay attention because Brady. Oh, man, I feel so welcome. I feel, I Brady feel so ain't leaving warm. the family. He ain't going nowhere. So we're going to have more oh, stuff with yeah. him in the future. All right. Tweets of the Week sponsored by – oh, that's right. Damn. Yeah, just tell All right, folks you can check me out on Twitter at Hanks3Sports, H-A-N-X, the number three, and sports. We have great conversations like this. Please, please follow me and argue with me because I will argue with you, and I will argue with you until I win. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Um, until the next time, this has been Hard to Pain with David Grubb. And we're going to knock it out again. Y'all be cool. We out. All right. All right, man.